We are same family, same God. Amen? And it's uh, the word that comes forth is not new word that's coming forth. It's, it's from the word of God. So what you're going to hear today is, uh, is um, you know, at first I want to say I love being here. And um, I love being a spiritual daughter to Pastor Brownie. She's been amazing in my life. Amazing. Uh, I remember taking off from her. I was about, well, 13 about there and running away, trying to run away from Jesus. <laughs> trying to run away from Pastor Brownie and Pastor David and run away from Jesus. And no, they wouldn't have it. <laughs> they called me back to, to the household of God. And um, it's, been, it's been different. Um, in my life, I've, um, I've, I've lived in other First Nations, too. And I said, I will never come back to Loon Lake. When I left from there, I said, I'll never want to ever come back to Loon Lake. When I left from another First Nation, I'll never, ever come back to this place. You know what? God sees it different. Because <laughs> what you try to run from, He's going to take you back there, and you got to minister to the very people that, <laughs> that you probably thought, I'm running away from you. <laughs> but praise the Lord, my husband and I have been uh, pastors of Thunderchild Word Church. As I said this morning, the church um, I have asked, requested from Pastor David when we were naming the church in Thunderchild, I asked him, can I call it, you know, like Thunderchild Word Church? Because... Uh, really, they, they were our mentors. They're the ones that planted us. Yeah, we didn't plant ourselves. I mean, yes, God planted us there, but it was through them that mentored us and helped us to establish the Thunderchild Word Church, what it is today. And we've been pastoring there for, oh, man, it's been about 30, 36 years, I think about there, 35, around 36 yeah, because my husband and I just celebrated our anniversary in our 37 years. And it was that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Let's talk about the 37 years. No. <laughs> but, you know, um, as I was mentioning this morning, the big thing about what was taught to us was about the importance of a local church. And um, it was that that, that uh, grounded us to be where we are at in Thunderchild. Being ministers and pastors for so long, our other First Nations have called on us and asked us, can you come over here and start up a church? Can you come here and be our pastors? And uh, they see what, what, what we're doing, and it's, uh, all glory goes to God. But the, the hunger is there amongst our people. And the hunger is there to have someone to be there to teach them the word of God, train them in the things of God. And uh, you know what? I'm going to ask you to pray. Pray for the cities. Pray for the towns. Pray for the First Nations. Because not many people have a church. Not many places have a church. And that's why we, have, we do online in Thunderchild when COVID hit. We did online, and I, and I, you know, this church has been a model to, to us. The things that you're doing, I want to do those. I'm the type of person, oh, I want to do that. You save somebody, I want to do that. You heal somebody, I want to do that. You know, it just, so it's been our, our, our model, and Pastor Jonathan knows this. 
And I said, everything, I want you to know, Pastor John, everything you guys are doing, I see it. And I want it for us too. And so we started um, online services during COVID. And um, after it stopped, we stopped having church online, but then we we're getting messages from other First Nations. They don't have a church. And they were saying, well, when are you going to have your church? And that's where I go to church. Like we have uh, First Nations in the north that don't have a church that go to church through our services online. So we prayed about it and we said, we're, we're putting it back up. It wasn't for show. It's not ever for like, well, look at me, look at what I'm doing. It's not like that. It's to get the word of God out. And it's to reach people that, that don't have pastors. Amen. That's why it's important, the local churches, and to be established, to be grown up into what you are called to do. Amen. I love you, Pastor Brownie. With all of my heart, I love you. And what you, David and you have done in, in us is, uh, this is the result. <laughs> you get what you put in. <laughs> Praise the Lord. This morning I talked about resisting the Holy Spirit. And, and I talked about, and I, actually I'm going to go back to that. And this is round number two, and I feel like I'm in a boxing uh, arena. So I'm going to knock it out this time. <laughs> Pastor Brownie, <laughs> praise God. In Acts chapter 7, in verses 51-53, I'm going to go relate to uh, Stephen. Stephen was a man that was, that was uh, assigned to do certain things for the church. But he was also, they chose him and others that were filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And he was sent forth. They were sent out to do, do, do um, take care of some things. So Stephen, here he is, taking care of the things of God and preaching the word of God. And miracles and things were happening in, in, in the body of Christ. But opposition always comes up whenever you're doing anything for Christ. Yeah, opposition will come up. Things will take place. Anytime you make a decision, I'm going to serve Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't say from this there on, you're always going to sail forth. You'll never have any problems. You'll never have any, you know, diseases. You'll never, you know. No, as long as we're here in this world, we're going to have opposition. Because the devil is still in this world. And he's the thief that comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. And, but Jesus said, I've come. Oh, I love that. I came to give life and give it to the full and more abundantly. Amen. And that's the life that we live in. Amen. And Stephen was going about ministering the word of God. And of course, he had opposition where the religious leaders, religious leaders, they are the ones that came, came out and opposed him. They didn't like what he was doing. They wanted to do, you know, we don't like this guy. He's got some people following him and jealousy was, you know, you know how it is. Somebody gets jealous of you or something, whatever, you know. And it, anyways, so jealousy rose up and, you know, they're opposing him. They're, they're um, coming against him, saying a lot of stuff. But anyways, Stephen was talking about, he gave him a, a real history lesson in that day. <laughs> 
He talked about Abraham, talked about their fathers, talking about Moses, talking about, you know, and, and talking about Jesus, talking about the prophets. I mean, he just gave him a great history lesson right there. And if you ever want to know what's been taking place in the Old Testament, go look up the New Testament. That's what they talked about. That's what they shared. They, they, they proclaimed and said the same things that the prophets had said. And they came and proclaimed that and said, this is what was promised. This is what we're talking about now. We've seen it. We know it. We know who Jesus Christ is, and that's what our fathers talked about. And, of course, religion will get in the way and say, no, our way is better. Our way is this is the way we're doing it. This is the way it's always been, and we're, we're not going to do it this way. You see, a religious devil will come against the things of God. And, and they will stand up against because they're so... They're so um, used to doing things their way. They're so used to doing things a certain way. And then here comes along the things of Christ. And the Lord Jesus is telling them, no, you'll, you'll love your neighbor. You'll love them. You will, you will help them. You know, and, and it's against the things that they were taught. So they were made to be so uncomfortable. It's like, we don't like hearing this. And of course, Satan has come to shut their ears and shut their eyes so that they won't hear and they won't listen. And, and, and Stephen and Saul was one of them that was in that crowd. And as Stephen was going to be persecuted, as he was being going to be killed, as he's being killed, he's still preaching the word of God. I mean, somebody throw a stone at me, I'd be screaming and crying and whatever. But as I was saying this morning, I don't believe, and Stephen can argue with me on that, but I don't believe Stephen was feeling all the stones that were being thrown at him because in the midst of all of that, he's having a visitation in heaven. Heaven was opening up and he's still telling the people as to what was happening. And what before Stephen, um, what he said was there, he was preaching about Abraham, Moses, to David, to Jesus. And then in Acts 7.51, he says, You men who are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart. Uh, men, you do know it's talking about men here. <laughs> uh, so women, we're, we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> you men who are stiff-necked stiff and uncircumcised in heart and ears are always resisting the Holy Spirit. You are doing just as your fathers did. Which one of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? They killed those who had previously announced the coming of the righteous one. That's what they were doing. And whose betrayers and murderers you have now become... <laughs> You who received the law ordained by, uh, as ordained by the angels and yet did not keep it. How, how would you like to be on the other side of that? Here's Stephen telling you, you know, you're, you're stiff-naked. You don't even listen. You're resisting the Holy Spirit. And you're just like your fathers. <laughs> Murderers. That's how you guys are because you're not keeping anything. You're not listening. And he was still pre preaching. And at that time, as he was ministering, he was seeing heaven open. And praise God, thank you for Stephen, that he still prayed for the people that were killing him. Yeah. Killing his body. Because Stephen said, Lord, take my spirit, but don't hold this against him. Yeah. 
Don't hold it against him. How many of us, persecution has come to us, things have been said about us, how can we turn around and say, Lord, forgive them? They don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. I know I failed at that many times. And yet when, uh, when, when, when this was happening, Saul was standing there. Saul, a student of the law. Saul, who had teachers above him. Saul, whose passion and he was trained into the religion of mankind. This was the religion. And Saul, you know, as they were stoning Stephen, was giving approval. Seeing your teachers do the same thing, seeing your mentors do the same thing, he was approving them doing that. And if something came into, into him to think this is right, this is how we're supposed to do things. You see, you cannot follow things. You cannot be... Um, confused into thinking that this is the way. No, the word of God is the way. Christ is the way. Amen? Anytime you find yourself trying to be confused, get into the word of God. Get into the word. Because God is not an uh, author of confusion. Amen? And although um, what he did after that, getting letters saying from the churches, these were supposed to be people guiding the people. But he got the letters, and he said, give them to me. I will do away with this. What he thought was another, another uh, uh, sect or something. So he was going to do away with it. The passion that was in him, the drive that drove him to murder and to drag off the believers of the way. And as he was coming out of Damascus, praise God, there was believers in Damascus. And as he was coming out of Damascus to go persecute and to go drag off women and men from the way and throw them into jail and give approval there for them to be killed. And as he was coming out, because people prayed, because you and I pray, things will happen. But if you don't pray and you let someone else do your praying, hey, you, you and I need to, to pray more. We need to pray more. And because these, they prayed, and God was hearing and seeing everything that was going on, he took hold of Saul. And I love how, how Saul, and I, I was looking at my notes again. I love the encounter that, it, that happened. He says in uh, Acts 22, 610, I think it is, yeah. But it happened that as I was on my way, it happened. Approaching Damascus about noontime, a bright light suddenly flashed from heaven all around me, and I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I said, who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus the Nazarene whom you are persecuting. And those who were with me saw the light to be sure, but did not understand the voice of the one who was speaking to me. And I said, what shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said, get up, go on into Damascus, and there you will be told all that has been appointed to you for you to do. When I was going over my notes, one of the, the things that, I, I, um, that stood out to me was when Saul said, who are you, Lord? In Cree, it would be, 
The one that rules, who are you? The one that rules, the one that's boss, the one that's chief. And uh, Lord in other areas will mean the victorious one, the victor. In, a, in a, the Passion Translation, Jesus says, I am Jesus, the victorious. And Saul said, who are you, Lord? And then he says, what shall I do? What shall I do? The walls of religion were broken down. I love the song. The, the walls shake up, shake up the ground of my tradition, break down the walls of my religion. See, I, I, I said, said this this morning. I am First Nations, and in my culture, there are, in everybody's culture, not just mine, you look back in your history, there's religion. There's traditions. Jesus has come to not enforce that religion because it's, it's man, the traditions, they're man-made. Jesus even said that in the word of God. He didn't come to reinforce them. Instead, he came to give how God wanted it to be from the very beginning. Adam and Eve enjoyed the Garden of Eden. They were free. Do you think there was tradition there, religion there? No, there wasn't. They were free. They were, there was supplies. There was prosperity. Everything they needed was theirs. It was there. How do you think God wanted our lives to be? Not to be bound by traditions of men and like Saul was. He was bound by tradition of men and the religions that he was following. But God, when the Lord came into his life, it did away with those walls. It broke down those things. I love the testimony you shared. I'm, I'm not going to go into that, but thank you for that. And it broke down the walls, like what we were singing this morning. It broke down the walls of religion. And Saul's, Saul's traditions and religions were broken down when he had that encounter with Jesus. When we have an encounter with the Most High God, when you accepted him into your very own life, those walls will come down. See, I was taught in my tradition, you have to, um, how would you, in, in one of the things that we used to do, we had to suffer for a few days. And, uh, you know, my mom would, my, we were forced. <laughs> my mom would not allow us to eat or drink anything for a few days. And uh, thank God I had friends. <laughs> but, uh, I kind of broke that tradition. <laughs> but we would have to suffer. And I used to wonder why. This was before I knew Jesus. I used to wonder, why do we need to do this? Why is this happening? Why this? Why that? And all those questions were leading me to Christ. Because I wanted to know. I wanted to know. And the same tradition Saul, those things were falling off of him. And now he's entered into the realm of the kingdom. <gasps> the Masiki Ashuta. We entered into the realm of the kingdom when we ask Jesus into our lives. Take a moment, think of that. The realm of the kingdom. The kingdom has come, as Jesus said, the kingdom is near you. Thank you, Lord God.
Paul, in all of that, thinking he was pleasing God, God took a hold of him and changed his life forever. Amen? And the Lord said um, in Acts twenty-two thirteen, he stood beside me and he said, Saul, my brother Saul, open your eyes and see again. At that very instance, I opened my eyes and I could see. The enemy will try and come and blind you. The enemy will try and come and make you deaf so that you will not see or hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you. And just like what, how Stephen was addressing and saying, you have been resisting the Holy Spirit. And this morning when I was in, in prayer over all the message, the message that was going to come forth for this church, what I kept hearing was resisting the Holy Spirit. That you and I have been resisting the Spirit of God when He's been talking to you, when He's been drawing you, when He's been trying to lead you and guide you into the way of truth. And, and our ears have been, no, I'm, I don't want to listen to that. We've been shutting that inner voice inside of us and saying, no, I, I, I don't think I should do that. And the Spirit of God, just like what, what Jesus said, listen to what the Spirit is saying. Listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying in your own life. I know what he's saying in my life. I don't know what he's saying in your life. You are the one that knows that. You are the one that needs to come to that place where I hear you, Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit tells you what to do, when the Holy Spirit leads you in guiding you where to go, what to do. See, the Spirit of God is involved in our lives every day, even right now. The Spirit of God is involved in, in your family. The Spirit of God is involved in your jobs, in your homes, in your, in your extended families. The Spirit of God is present today. Amen? Amen? And it's up to us to stop resisting Him. I've been in that place, and I'm sure you have been in that place, where, you, where the Spirit of God told you something and you just thought, oh, it's just me. <laughs> it's just me. Or, or it's just like the Lord saying, go, go this road. No, this one's better. It's nice paved road. Why do I need to go there? Because you don't see the accident that's up ahead. Yeah. And this road gets you to the, where you're going. Might be a little detour, but you'll still get to the same place. See, the Holy Spirit will, will let us know of things to come. He will, he will guide you into telling you what it is you're supposed to do. Amen? I love how the Lord turned his face on Saul. I know he did. Because in that moment, even though he was blinded by, he was blinded, but in that moment, change happened. We've had moments where the Lord came in and change has happened. When we ask Jesus into our lives, change has happened. 
I no longer became the young girl that used to go sneak off and, you know, do stuff. No, something happened. Change happened. My mom and dad saw it. They did. Because all of a sudden, here they got an obedient young girl. They didn't have to tell her anymore. Clean up the house. She did it without anyone telling her. Take care of the kids. She did it without anyone telling her. Come home after school. She, I came home after school. Change happened in our lives. Things, you know, um, things will take place when we totally surrender our lives to Christ. Totally surrender our hearts to Christ. Totally surrender our jobs to Christ. Totally surrendering our children to Christ. So totally surrendering all of ourselves to Christ. I love the songs that came out this morning. Surrendering ourselves to Christ. For he is the author and the finisher of our faith. Do you think you created that faith? Guess what? I have something to tell you. You didn't. <laughs> He's the author. <laughs> So he's the one that planted. He's the one that gave inside of you gifts inside of you. And, I, and what was said this morning, the gifts that come out singing, whatever it may be, you have gifts inside of you the Lord has given you. And he's not going to take them back. I told him one time, take it back. <laughs> God, just take it back. I don't want to do this anymore. Just you know, I don't want to, and, and the Lord being so patient with me, <laughs> loving on me, oh, Elvita, just, <laughs> you're having a little tantrum. <laughs> We're going to work through this. I'll deliver you when you smarten up and come to me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I smarten up and keep coming to him. <laughs> and he keeps putting, with, putting up with all of us. <laughs> God understands your life. God knows what he has imparted inside of you. For the same spirit he put inside of you dwells in you that raised Christ from the dead. Amen? So that all power, all authority has been given to you and I. It's been given to us not just to hold on to it. Well, I got power. I got authority. It's mine. I'm going to keep it. No, it's not. It's not. It's not for you to keep. It's for you to display what the Lord can do through you and what the Lord can do through others. Bringing in souls that need to be saved. Delivering those that are bound by demons. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm sure you know this. We have more uh, displays of demon possession in our young people, old people too. I see that back home as they give themselves over to more of the drug. Uh, we just buried a young man last week, um, grew up in our church, and uh, gave himself over to this meth, and we had to bury him. But he was beginning to act out, uh, act out hearing voices and all this stuff. I just tell those devils to shut up. Whenever they, we prayed for so many where they say they hear voices. And um, I was praying for one was brought to our house. And uh, they came to visit. They said, we come to visit. In my heart, it was like, no, they didn't. They, he wants deliverance. 
And so uh, as we're sitting there, I turned to the young man. I said, this is what's been happening. This is what's been good. Just like that, God was downloading into me and praying over and just speaking to this young man. And he just sat there. How did you know? How did you know? Jesus told me. As Jesus knows who you are. And he made you. And I said, in fact, while I'm talking to you, the voice is telling you, don't listen to her. She's, you know, she's this and that, this and that. And he said, how did you know? I said, because I know how Satan works. (laughs) And and, uh, anyways, he got saved. Praise the Lord. He came to our uh, anniversary meeting last weekend. Uh, He was there, praise the Lord, and he's still doing good. Getting into, you know, to uh, around Christians to help him. And I asked him, are you still hearing voice? No, no. I said, praise God. There is deliverance. But you know what, brothers and sisters? You have it. You possess it. Possess it. You have that authority. If Jesus gave it to us, what are we doing with that authority? What are we doing with the spirit of God that he has given to us to go forth and make disciples? Amen. Because the disciples he was sending forth, he said, Behold, I give you all the power over all the, all the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. When you're doing the work of the Lord, he says, Nothing shall by any means hurt you. He is with you. He is for you. He is there. He is with you. Amen? The Spirit of the Lord has been speaking forth to his people because Christ is coming. He is coming. There's no denying that. He is coming. But how are you responding to his voice? How are you responding to what he is telling you? Have you been resisting him? Because the Lord says we are called, we are chosen. We are told, we are, we are told to make what he had told his disciples. Go and make disciples. Go tell others about me. Go tell them who I am. Go tell them I can forgive them of their sins. Go tell them that they can be healed. Go tell them that they can be free. Go tell them that all their needs can be met in the name of Jesus. Go tell them this. We are carriers of the anointed one. We we have the spirit of God. Can I stand up here and say, I've always listened to the Holy Spirit? No, I haven't. Because a lot of times, specifically, I'll say one time, I told, I prayed. <laughs> Be careful what you pray for. I prayed. I said, Lord, this is what I want. This is what I want. And this is what I want for this time, for this certain date. And you know what he said to me? He said, um, are you sure you want that? And I could hear, like, something was up. And then, uh, of course, me, I said, yes, I want it. I want it. And you know what? God loves us so much. He'll grant it to us. But he knows what's ahead. And when I did get that, I had trouble. I had to deal with police. I had to deal with not jail. I didn't go to jail. I had to send someone to jail. And um, anyways... I repent. I said, Lord, you know what's best for me. I didn't listen. I didn't want to hear you. I only wanted what Elvina wanted. But you saw what was ahead of me. You were trying to warn me, but I wasn't listening. 
and you know what, I endured that. He brought me out of all that trouble. <laughs> He'll deliver you out of all your troubles. So it's important we stop resisting the Holy Spirit of God. Because he is for you. He wants to do things in your life to do things through you. Jesus wants to heal people through you. Jesus wants to deliver people through you. Me? I'm just little old me. No, you're not a little old you. God brought you. God bought you. He bought you. You are not a little old you. He said, I choose you, and I put my spirit inside of you. You go and do what God called you to do. Amen? So don't ever, you don't ever look down at yourself as to who you are. In fact, you got to get to know who you are. Not the way your parents probably said you are or your friends. That's not who you are. But if you get into the word of God, you'll find who you are. You want to know yourself? Get into the word. That's who you are. If the Lord says you can do it, you can do it. If the Lord says go, go. If the Lord says, here I am, what do you want me to do? Well, you got a whole list. <laughs> but God will do it through you and for you. Because he gets the glory for all that. You know, my husband and I, we travel places. And you wouldn't believe, well, I shouldn't say you wouldn't believe, you probably believe, but... There's been so many phone calls that come into my husband's phone. Pray for me. I got cancer. Pray for me. I'm going on dialysis. Pray for me. My son just got stabbed. Pray for me. Pray for me on this situation, on that situation. Pray for us. So we just got one just recently. A young man had committed suicide. And because we went through suicide facing that, we, we get phone calls from families that'll, that'll know that we understand what it's like. But we bring words of hope. We bring words of grace. We bring words of peace. And this is what the Lord does, is that he will turn his face towards you, and he will give you peace. In the midst of turmoil, in the midst of persecution, whatever the enemy tries to throw at you, he turns his face towards you, and he brings you peace. In him, is all deliverance. In him is all grace. Everything you need it, even now, everything you need, he gives it to you. He has it. He has it to carry out what he has called you to. See, every one of us are called. We're chosen by him. You may not stand up here to minister, you may not stand up here and sing. You know what? I would encourage every one of you to sing. Sing, get into music because uh, children's church, whatever it may be, get into that. Doors, I mean, uh, greeting people at the doors, whatever it may be. When you're called, when you are saved, born again, you decide in your life, what, what will I do? What should I do? That's what Saul said. What should I do? And the Lord told him what to do. And it's us to continue 
serving Christ and saying to ourselves, to him, what shall I do? What do you want me to do, God? Where shall I go? Where do you want me to go? Is there someone that you have in mind that, you need, that needs deliverance? And the Lord will help you. The Lord will show you by his Holy Spirit. But people, brothers and sisters, it's time we listen. I mean, we have to listen. Our young people are dying. Too many young people are dying, especially in, first, well, I don't know how it is in the cities and that, but I'm going to say in lots of First Nations, we have many young people dying without Christ. And we hold the answer to everything that they're, they're searching. I told my son, and I'm going to use, my son knows I talk about him. <laughs> um, he's incarcerated right now, but he's been in crystal meth gangs, you name it, he's been there. And um, this is what I was telling him, son, everything you're looking for, crystal meth, you're searching for that high. I said, we, you, you can have that high in Christ, and it has no side effects. I said, everything you're trying to belong to a gang, you belong already to the body of Christ, and you can't get away from that. And you know what he tells me? He says, mom, every time I'm out there, Every time when trouble hits, when a gun's, uh, you know, he's had guns to his face to be killed, he says, Mom, I remember your words. Your voice comes to me, and you tell me this, and you tell me that, and you, because that's the way we raised him. So all the stuff he's been raised with, he'll never forget. He's incarcerated in jail, and this is what I told him. I said, son, you've been called to the prison ministry. I said, you can reach others that nobody can because we're not allowed in there. But you're in there, you can reach others. And this is what he's doing. They're having Bible studies. They're, he's gotten some people saved. So the Lord is using him and working through him. And sometimes he'll phone me, guess what, mom, another guy got saved, and he was a gang member. And, you know, praise God. Because every little, little word, the word of God, the spirit with it, is going to change their lives is going to change your life. A young man came out of there incarcerated. He's ministering before the Lord. He's preaching Jesus. And he'll talk about his testimony. And he was friends with my son. They were together in jail. Here's Christian kids being in jail. <laughs> but praise God. The Spirit of God will work through you and I. When you pray, like the men were praying, the people were praying for Saul because they were going to get killed. You better pray. <laughs> they were about to be murdered, so they're praying. And then God came on a scene. Amen? God came on a scene and changed Saul to Paul, and he became a minister of the gospel, mighty things happening through him. And imagine when the Lord touched your life when came into your heart. The Spirit of God coming on you. I remember when I first received Jesus Christ in my life, and I was saying before, I didn't know who he was. Pastor David and Pastor Brownie had to teach me who he was, that this man was real. And they had to teach me about faith, that you can pray for someone, the authority that we have, and pray for them and they be healed. You can pray for some prosperity, for a pot of soup to become 
lots so that everybody in your family is fed. Everything that they've instilled in me, that they have taught me, I have taken. And God has taken that and, and flourished that. And what he can do for you, the change that takes place in your life because Christ came in you. And he can flourish you and cause you to go, do greater stuff, greater things, greater places you can go. There's somebody here. You've had a dream. You've had a dream that you went to another country, and you've never been there. You don't know where. It's another country. And in yourself, you're thinking that it'll never happen because maybe financially, you're looking at the financial part. You're looking at this and that. But God says all things are possible through him. Right. I'm just throwing that out there for someone. I don't know who it is. <laughs> but praise God, all things are possible through him. Amen? But praise the Lord. Like, like Paul changing his life and having that encounter with the Lord and never being the same again. There was one scripture, I'm going to be ending here shortly, but it says, teaching them to observe all that commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Isaiah 62, 5. For as a young man marries a virgin... So, you sons, so your sons will marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so your God will rejoice over you. I never ever thought I would, I, I, I couldn't even imagine God rejoicing over Albina. I couldn't even imagine that he would actually be smiling at me because of the way I was brought up in a religion and tradition. But when the Lord broke those walls... When he took down those walls, I saw Jesus different. I saw him as a love, love. And I told the Lord a long time ago, I said, I want to do the same. I want to do the same, God. I want to love on others as you love them. I want to be like you, Jesus. I'm still thriving to be like him. I, I'll, I'm still going to reach that. But you and I have to thrive also to be like him and be him. That's it. Be him. Just be him. Go out and do the miracles that God has told you to do. Go out and do extraordinary wonders that the Lord has called you to do. Pastors are here. Yes, I, I, Pastor Brownie is here. But she can do everything that you should be doing. You need to be out there and tell others, bring them back to Christ. Amen. Never be afraid. Just keep telling them about Jesus. Some will reject you. Some will say things about you. But go out there and preach about Jesus. Tell them who Jesus Christ is. Amen. I have a lady in Thunderchild. Um, when I first met her, it's, it's, we just came back to Thunderchild. I just met her, just introduced, like getting to know people. Not even maybe a couple months later, there was a house fire in Thunderchild. This was before Christmas. And um, this lady, all her kids died in that fire. And God put it on my, my heart was just for them. So I went and saw her. I 
worked with her. I prayed with her. She accepted Jesus into her life. And I would, I would minister to her, talk to her, everything I could, just because, like you guys, your hearts go out to them. And my heart was just, we connected when she received Jesus. Fast forward. She's been through so much. Um, I, I could talk about it, but fast forward. She knows the, the prayer of faith. She knows that you can stand on the word of God and pray and stand on it and believe the Lord for, for, for healing. And stand on the word of God. She has not given up. She never will. And she's going to keep going. In fact, I talked to her just the other day, and she's facing some health things. But she said, nope. I said, I believe in prayer. I believe in Jesus. I know he's the healer. I'm looking to him. He's the one that heals me. I mean, you know, she's because of what's been taught, because of what's been, what, how she's been, what she's been told about the Lord. That's what you have. That's the authority you have. You tell others to pray, to stand on the word, and keep the word. Amen? And that's who we, who we are. And I'm going to encourage you, stop. Stop resisting. Stop resisting the Holy Spirit, what he wants to do. And if every one of us were to obey the Spirit of God, There'd be more people. I mean, we'd be busting at the seams. Well, praise God. You know, you have two services. Praise the Lord for that. But you were busting at the seams, which is a good problem. <laughs> the result of going out, going forth. Amen? Amen? And I encourage every one of you, go out and go forth, but stop resisting. Stop resisting the Holy Spirit. Listen to what he is saying to you. Because he has the, all the answers. Problems in your family, hey, he's got all the answers. He knows how to fix it. Problems in marriages, he, he has all the answers. He knows how to fix it. Let me tell you one time what I told Jesus. I prayed. I said, Lord, change my husband. <laughs> We are going through something, and change it. And I, I would always pray that. And Jesus turned to me and said, "You want him to change?" And I was like, oh, "Finally, you hear me? Yes, I want him to change." You know what he said? Change yourself first. And I'm like, "Oh, I'm the perfect one in this relationship." <laughs> I'm not the one with the problem. <laughs> I had to humble myself and ask Jesus to help me change. And I had to humble myself and allow the Spirit of God to tell me and show me where I needed to change. And you know, when I worked on myself, when the Spirit of, with the Lord's help, worked on myself, change began to happen wasn't so much of my words or nagging, which I was always doing, <laughs> or anything, but change began to happen. So when you humble yourself before Christ, you humble yourself before the Lord, change will happen, and he will show you how to do it.
Amen? If it means changing yourself, <clears throat> you got to work on yourself. <laughs> it means changing ways. Hey, we all got to do it. Amen? But you know what? We have a helper. We have the Spirit of God in us. And He can make it easy. He can make it easy not to argue anymore. He can make it easy where you just doesn't phase you anymore. There's peace in that situation. Praise God. I want to encourage all of you, every one of you, allow the Spirit of God to be real in your life. Now I want to encourage you to listen to Him. Stop um, being deaf to His voice. Those blinders have to come off like they did in Saul's life. And allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. I guarantee when you walk out these doors, when you go home, the Spirit of God is talking to you. But you got to hear, you got to listen. And He'll tell you what to do. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.